How are multi-million pound retailer Bowden tackling sustainability and talking about it? It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It is great to have you here. Now, late last year, I got to be on a panel discussing sustainability at the Direct Commerce Association Annual Summit. And on that panel with me was today's guest. And he offered such great advice, such practical advice that day, that it's a real privilege to have him spare some time to come on this show to share his advice with all of you. Now, Ben is dealing with sustainability on a epic scale for a huge international fashion retailer and he's going to be sharing how they've gone about building it into the business key areas where they found quick wins so some great advice coming up with that why it's a bit of a nuanced gray area and how they're coping with that and also how they are going about talking about it to their customers lots in this one to get you all thinking and please listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest's top tips frequently described as one of the best bits of the show and he's showing some great growth advice too and my own take on this episode We're now live with Chloe's e-commerce club, my new free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. The point of the club is to help you all improve your e-commerce businesses, to help you solve your marketing challenges, to get supplier recommendations, learn new tactics and much more. We're starting simple and focusing on that core of helping us all get through this challenging year, but we've got lots lined up for the coming months and I'm sure we'll add more things based on your needs and feedback. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you. So how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. And now to introduce today's special guest. Ben Dreyer is the Strategy, Sustainability and Operations Director at Bowden. Fashion brand Bowden was founded in 1991 and Ben's been there since 1998. Selling globally, they now do £350 million a year. Hello, Ben. Very, very good to see you again. Thank you very much for asking me along. Uh, it's lovely to have you on the podcast, especially with the topic we're going to be talking about. But before we get into that big topic, for anyone who's not familiar with Bowdoin, how would you describe the company? So, okay. So Bowdoin, we are a clothing company. We are selling more expensive end of the clothing market. As Chloe said, £350 million turnover, nearly 2 million customers sending out about 10 million items of clothing each year. Our biggest market, which is the one thing most UK customers don't know, is the USA. So we went in there in the early 2000s and it has grown and grown and that's quite exciting. 
Very exciting. Yeah, I I would have assumed America was important, but I wouldn't have realised it was the biggest area. You've been with Bowdoin since before it did e-commerce. So you, you've had quite an interesting journey into the world of e-commerce. So how did you end up doing e-commerce? Okay, so I left university back in the early 90s. My first job, I was working as a transport manager down in Barry Docks uh, in South Wales. Uh, so <laughs> that was uh, not the obvious place to start e-commerce because e-commerce obviously didn't exist back then. I worked through the supply chain. I worked in logistics, in manufacturing. I worked in strategy and sales and marketing. And then I had a friend called Julian who was working at Bowdoin. And Bowdoin was still a very small company at the time, uh, sub 10 million. And he said, Ben, we really need someone like you. And when you're a small company, reaching out to your friends is probably one of the easiest ways of getting going. And it took a leap because the company was probably financially bust at the time, but growing very fast and looked exciting. The way into e-commerce, so we were a catalog company, as you say, selling clothing. And a couple of us thought, let's try out this e-commerce lark that's going. And Johnny said, it is never going to work. No one. <laughs> is ever going to buy clothing online on a computer. And almost immediately, we took about 10% of sales through online. And we should have taken a picture of what it was like to do then. It was awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was slow. It was cumbersome. But we did have the big thing. So journey into e-commerce, we were very much helped. Of course, we had the catalog, and that was helping our customers browse. And as with so many people then, your website initially is just a effectively a basket, a checkout, and then we developed it from there. So there you go. That's how I got into e-commerce. Okay, so you undertook a couple of pretty big challenges in the early days with Bowdoin, where you came in and, and made sense of that logistics and ops side of things. And then you helped with the let's do e-commerce side of things. And then more recently, you've been undertaking another big shift in the world at Bowdoin, which has been the shift to embracing sustainability. So when did that get on the agenda at Bowdoin? Because it's it's something which we all know is really hard. So at what point did you, did you as a company decide it was something that was going to become such an important part that it becomes a director level responsibility? So when I went for my interview, so this has been back at the end of 97, beginning of 98. When I first met Johnny, his big thing about clothing, we, we can come on to clothing and what a terrible reputation it has, but his big thing about clothing that we were trying to sell out to people was, he was talking about then in value terms, but he wanted to design and make clothes which you could wear again and again and again for many years. And then when you finished, pass it on to other people. And that whole approach sort of infused a lot of what we do. So at Bowdoin, our sustainability program, we call it doing the right thing. I'll give another example. Back in the early 2000s, so China was opening up as a place to manufacture clothing. So Julian, who I mentioned uh, earlier, who was our MD at the time, back there, so you, you have this thing of, were the factories okay? You know, and that was a key thing for us. Now, we were in the more expensive factories, and we always had been, because that's where we wanted to be. So he, but he went and stayed in one of the factories. He stayed in the dormitories, wow. you know, and all that kind of stuff, just to really go and say, "Are we happy that this is is good enough?" It was actually okay for him. He took the product director, who was um, 
six foot five and 18 stone. And uh, he didn't fit in the dormitory <laughs> quite so well. So sustainability, even though it probably didn't have that name, was on the cards right from your very first job interview, right back in the 90s. Yes, no, so, so absolutely. So back then we were going for the approach of trying to buy rainforest to protect it and things like that, uh, investing in that. Why have I become sustainability director is, so about four years ago, so I was running operations and customer services and IT and digital. I did that for about 12 years. And in a company that's growing quite fast, that is full on, in case you're wondering. Uh, <laughs> and so I... I stepped back from that about four years ago. And a real frustration for me was we were doing lots of good things here, here, there, and everywhere around the company, but we weren't pulling it together and we weren't talking about it. And I really think we need more people taking a lead and talking about the stuff they're doing and talking about the stuff they're struggling with because it's a tricky business, sustainability. Well, and it's one of those areas where fundamentally we all as human beings on this planet, if we want the planet to continue to support us, we all need to solve the same problems. It's not something to be secretive about because it's in all our interests to help each other solve the problems that everyone is going through. And the, the problems of one fashion brand aren't that different from the problems of another fashion brand are not that different in many ways from the problems of any e-commerce brand. So we should be talking about, about it more. I totally agree with you. Yes. So why did we not talk about it before much? It is that thing, we, we are most definitely not perfect. I think we're doing some good stuff and, and all that, but we are definitely not perfect. I, I think one of the struggles we've got is, particularly nowadays, and so many arguments are, I, you're either 100% right or you're 100% wrong. This is consumer business. There's some nuance around it, but you can be doing the right things and people can be worried about putting their head above the parapet. But I, I kind of said, Let's start talking about it and start talking about the challenges as well. Because clothing has a terrible reputation. I mean, 92 million items end up in landfill every year. 10% of carbon footprint comes from clothing. So there are some real challenges. There's that great quote, isn't there, from, uh, is it Patagonia or Reformation? The most sustainable thing you can do is, is be naked. And this is an audio, obviously. So let's be clear, um, I am not naked. Uh, <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> but I'd like to think we are the next best thing. You're right. It is, it's such a confusing space that I think brands, as you said, they get scared of talking about what they are doing because there are so few perfect answers. Should we be bamboo? Should we be cotton? Or is wool better? Or is recycled polyester better? Just the type of cloth, let alone where it was made and how it was turned into a garment, is something you could you could debate endlessly, couldn't you? Yes, absolutely. That is the whole dilemma. And they've all got their pros and cons. Two or three years ago, we, we stopped doing glitter and sequins. We couldn't find any good way of doing that. We used to do some wonderful children's wear with some great glitter and sequins, <laughs> but we just, we had to step away from it because we couldn't justify it from a sustainable perspective. But all that thing you talk about, I mean, and packaging, there's a whole huge great thing on packaging. What should you be using? Now, so our aim is to be 100% recycled and 100% recyclable by 2025. And we're 80 plus percent of the way there. We're in very good shape. But we've looked at it in lots of detail, and we are using quite a lot of recycled plastic. Now, it is plastic, so, so that on the, that, there's that on the, 
totally understand that. But it is recyclable. A lot of it's 100% recycled as well. This compostable is talked about quite a bit. In fact, we re- we thought this is exciting. We really looked into the detail of it. And they've made some really good progress. But it's not there yet. For instance, we're putting it into our food bins. And when it gets to the council recycle center, they have to take it out and put it into landfill. So there's still, you know, some real challenges around things. But lots of good progress. It's good what they're doing on the compostable front. And they're getting there. They're just not there quite yet. It's like you can look at, oh, great, that's compostable. So it's probably better. Or it's not made from plastic. It's made from something else. That's probably better. And then you go, oh, but then people are going to put it in their compost bin. And that's not actually going to work. Or they're going to put it in with their plastic recycling. And that's going to cause a bigger problem than it might have done. Or it's not as good quality of packaging materials. So the clothes arrive destroyed, which is massively worse than, you know, than sending it in solid plastic would have been. So there's so many angles. That is absolutely right. I mean, the key thing you need is to deliver the clothes so that the customer wants to keep them and wear them. Because if they arrive damaged, you've absolutely failed on every uh, every step of the journey. So yes, you are totally right there. It, it, it's fascinating, but it is uh, fascinating and quite challenging. Yes. And you're quite some way down the journey of tackling every difficult angle of making an e-commerce business more sustainable and a mail order business more sustainable. And you're, you're doing it cross oceans as well. For someone listening who's thinking, where can I make a big impact quickly? Where are the, the quicker wins to making your business more and, and cost effective wins as well? Let's be honest, at the moment on the sustainability front, where would you advise them to start looking? Is it the manufacturing process, the packaging practice, you know, the HQ, what light bulbs you've got in the offices? Where are some quick wins for the, the small and large businesses listening? Uh, okay, so for quick wins, I'd say the, the one we've got to quickest on is on, on carbon. And I think you can get some real quick wins here. And the advantage of this, so there's two things you need to do on carbon. I would say one is reduce your carbon usage and then offsetting what you do use. Obviously, reducing your carbon usage saves you money. I mean, it's you know, it's a win-win-win, that one. Uh, so there's nothing on that. And then reducing your carbon footprint, you know, looking at where you're sourcing your electricity from or your gas from and all that you can very rapidly drive down your carbon footprint. We also did a deal with a financing company who have covered our warehouse in solar panels up in Leicester, and we're getting cheap electricity from them. They're they're using effectively our roof, but we're getting cheap electricity from us. So for a small company, no capital outlay there and cheap electricity. It's, again, a real win-win. So we made, we were aiming for 25 to get to carbon neutral on scope one and two, but we did it this year because we suddenly found there was a whole load of quick wins on that front. And just quickly for anyone listening who doesn't understand scope one and scope two, could you quickly explain those? That is what you are directly responsible for. Scope three includes things like your manufacturers. So scope one and two is what carbon are you generating yourself in your own buildings? Yeah, definitely start with scope one and two. (laughs) Yes, Uh, scope three is slightly scary. Having said that with scope three, you're working with other people as well. So if you have got through one and two, 
Now, we haven't got Scope 3 sorted. Let's, let, let's be clear on this. It's our next challenge on this. You're working with other people who are working to reduce their carbon footprint as well. So you're not doing it on your own, which helps. So carbon is fairly straightforward to deal with our energy uses, those areas in the scope one and two. And then it's, I, mean, we, I always think packaging must be an easy fix or our delivery channels must be an easy fix. Is it or isn't it in your experience? I mean, we've already talked about the compostable issue. So two, two things. One, paper might feel like the right packaging for you, but make sure that it's not virgin trees being cut down or secondly, they're not spraying it with something to make it waterproof but unrecyclable and my thing is actually what does work but so summer packaging yes it, you can make some relatively quick progress on our manufacturing base is based around the world so we wanted to find a global solution for it because if someone's manufacturing in sri lanka we want them to be able to readily be able to access our packaging solution you don't want to have something that's made by a lovely person based in Suffolk who can't get it or, or you're clocking up your, your carbon miles getting it to them in Sri Lanka. So you need to think, think it all the way through. And to your point earlier, you need to make sure that it does what it's meant to do, which is protect whatever your product is. Yes. So that's good. So packaging, there are some quick wins to, to your point, particularly around the cardboard front. Uh, so you can recycle cardboard, of course, quite easily. Get your marketing guys to resist spraying it with something nasty. <laughs> you have to step back. A bit like getting rid of glitter and sequins. Your packaging's probably going to have to be a bit duller than some people might want it to be. But the upside, you can talk about how recyclable it is, which is a tick. Which is definitely a tick. And talking about it, I think, is one of those those things that, as you mentioned earlier, people have a real mental block around and not feeling confident in. So whilst, you know, upping the stakes of what Bowdoin are doing in terms of being more sustainable, how have you gone about getting the team and the business ready to talk about it more and started talking about it more? What's any tips for people who are looking to, or to persuade, quite frankly, the audience to start talking about what they're doing? So many of your our team want to be engaged with it. It's just, even people who've been there as long as me, they're engaging with it as much as younger Gen Z or, or, or whatever who's just arrived with you. So you're not pushing water uphill. People really are engaged with it. You do have to do, I mean, so the one thing I, I've got, I've been there a long time and hopefully done a couple of good things over, over, during that time. There might be a few people, let's say at a board level, who are going, is this just going to be cost me lots of money? So you may have a little bit on that. But actually, when you start to talk them through it, and then you start to land some positives, they can very rapidly read the, the mood music. So it was quite easy to get people on board who are looking at things from a more financial, commercial side. They came on pretty quickly too. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Do you want more traffic to your online store and to increase your sales? Yoast SEO, the most used SEO tool in the world, is here to help you do just that. It's your personal coach for writing product descriptions that rank high in the search engines. And it takes care of your technical SEO automatically. 
With Yoast SEO installed on your Shopify or WooCommerce site, you will increase your chances on rich results, quickly optimize your meta tags and beat your competitors. I use Yoast to improve the SEO across all our websites. And you can join me now and install Yoast SEO for Shopify or WooCommerce today. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash Yoast to sign up. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash y-o-a-s-t. So ecmp dot info forward slash y-o-a-s-t. Is your support team bogged down? Are you wasting time on repetitive tasks every day? Well, stop wasting time and money by integrating your support email into a help desk purpose-built for e-commerce. The right system will free you up to grow and develop your business. Edesk's dynamic and efficient smart inbox is made for e-commerce and can connect to all of the channels your customers use, making it easy for your team and the automations to deliver excellent customer service. Over 8,000 online sellers are using Edesk to turn 14 million shoppers' messages into happy customers every single month. Find out how you can propel your growth in 2023 with the only help desk that's actually built for e-commerce. Support fast and turn every transaction into a lifetime customer. Find out more at edesk.com forward slash master plan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, Ben, it has been fantastic going through all the sustainability pieces with you. I know we've given the audience an awful lot of food for thought already, but now we're going to do the top tips. And these give um, our listeners some really quick ideas for taking their businesses to the next level. So, Ben, are you ready for these? Yes, I am ready. Right. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, I was going to say Good to Great by Jim Collins, but then I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts and many, many people advise that book. Do definitely read that book. The other one I would uh, advise from a brand perspective, if you are a brand, is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. So you've probably already read Jim Collins because you follow Chloe. Try Simon Sinek as well. Yeah, I'm seconding both those books. It's interesting. Good to Great is having a late 2022 resurgence in podcast recommendations. It's quite intriguing. I don't, I'm not quite sure where it's being talked about, but everyone seems to be recommending it in the last kind of six months. It's fascinating. Do you know, so my big thing on it, it's a lot of it's about focus. And I, I, actually, I think this might come up in one of your later questions, but particularly as a startup, if you can focus on what you're really about, it can be a really good way to make sure complex businesses make everything harder. How can you keep it simple? Yeah, very good advice. Okay, I'm intrigued to see where that's going to come up again. But let's <laughs> go to the traffic top tip next. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So when we were growing in our early years, particularly up to about 100 million, recommend a friend. If you can get that to so 25% of our recruitment was coming through Recommend a Friend. If you, I mean, I'm not a marketeer, so you can look at all different things. But if you can really get that up and running in a really, we found, we found a few ways of getting, making it very effective. It is just, wow, is that a great 
and all the numbers start to work out work, work through if you can make that get make that one work yeah and it can be super low cost and of course you're recruiting the right customers yes on day one it's not like you've accidentally tapped into the wrong customers because they're the friends of the customers you've already got so um, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah i think people don't give enough weight to refer a friend yes you might feel that influencers and things like that are in the same zone and they are but if you really can get that recommend a friend piece and do you may have to do a little bit of encouragement on it boy it it's so effective excellent tip um okay the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day okay so i was thinking about this i mean as you've unfortunately pointed out i have been in business for hundreds of years uh so there have been quite amazing developments particularly around connectivity i mean really tremendous the one I'm really enjoying at the moment, after two plus years of pandemic, is face-to-face. It's not a tool, I realise, but if you can get some face-to-face time, the energy that you can generate through that, I just think is really positive. Um, so that is what I'm enjoying most at the moment, actually, having done a lot of uh, online. Um, especially when you're tackling difficult topics like sustainability to get all the brains in the same room can have a big impact can't it yes and we talked about nuance it's not black and white the decisions actually doing it when you're in a room together or having a coffee together it's really i think such a positive thing and then our final top tip the growth top tip if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000 what would be your number one tip for them back to the Jim Collins, work out what you're really good at. So many, it's so tempting to drive complexity in your business. You think, oh, I could get another hundred orders here if I did this in a slightly different way. When we went into both America and then into Germany, we said, right, we are going to look for the same customer as our UK customer in both those markets. We took the same model. There were some small things we had to change, but you know, some people go into America and they produce a, a, a new range. You've then got two businesses. It's just, ah, oh, you've driven so much complexity in there, you know, so quickly. So if you can keep focused, keep it simple, it's much, much easier to focus. Then all your energy is going into your business uh, and growing it rather than into how do I manage to get stuck in talks with lawyers and Lawyers are lovely people, (laughs) (laughs) but lawyers and, you know, and legal and and trying to work work your way through. Yeah, I like that. Focus on what you're good at and double down on it and double down on it and double down on it. It's, It's not as complicated as people make it seem. Ben, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Bowden on the web and social media, please? Oh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. My name is spelt with a D-R-E-Y-E-R. So I'm Ben Dreyer. Do find me on LinkedIn and send me a message if you want to talk. Is it Bowden.com if people want to take a look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bowden.com. Excellent. Yeah. Well, look, Ben, thank you so much for sparing the time to come and chat with us. It has been fascinating hearing about the sustainable 
issues and approaches from someone who's, who's dealing with it on such a big level. So thank you so much for sharing your advice with us today. Chloe, very uh, wonderful to see you again. Thank you very much for having me. Well, loads of interesting things to think about there from Ben and great to hear from someone who is who's doing the sustainability fashion e-commerce piece at such a big level. 350 million a year in sales across multiple countries with products coming in from multiple places and eagerly working out both how they can become more sustainable as a business and how they can talk about it more to their customers, which as Ben was saying is is heavily about giving the team the confidence and persuading the team that this is something that they can talk about publicly without any risk. But as he says, lots of nuance, lots of gray areas, which I guess is why as we talk about quite a bit here, being transparent about your journey or as Giles said in one of our uh, episodes, a couple of episodes back, Giles Smith from Sustainable E-Commerce was saying, being actively transparent in your business and actively telling your customers what you're up to and where you're making progress so they can make those decisions. Well, look, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our special director episode link. That's ECMP for ecommercemasterplan.info forward slash episode number and that will take you direct to the correct episode page. Once you get to the website, do make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business, like our upcoming mini-series on the returns problem. Find out about all of that at ecmp.info forward slash returns. It's been brilliant uh, chatting to you today. If you want to hear from more big businesses on the podcast, then head to ecmp.info forward slash big as in B-I-G, big. That's where we put all our interviews with the big businesses we talk to. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.